Project IMG Podcast, the voice of IMGs. Hello, everyone. I am Shivani Mehta, your host, and you have tuned into the Project IMG Podcast, the voice of international medical graduates. Today, I have a very special guest who is an international medical graduate from a Caribbean medical school who has matched into internal medicine in the United States. So from studying in the Caribbean to working as a PGY-1 resident in Wyckoff Heights Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York, I present to you Dr. Yash Gerg. How are you doing, Dr. Gerg? Hi, good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, so can you tell us more about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm a PGY-1. Started my journey from Avalon University School of Medicine. It's a, it's a medical school uh, in Caribbean. Uh, and I actually came from India, so I was like a very unusual Caribbean student, not from U.S. or Canada. So uh, that was really interesting. It was a really interesting journey, and I'm ready to share it with you guys. Wow, we're excited to hear all about it because it's a very, as you mentioned yourself, it's a very um, unusual journey that you took, um, especially because you were coming from India, went to a Caribbean school, and then ended up doing residency in the United States. So you've kind of been all over, right? Yeah. Okay, so um, let's start at the very beginning. What sparked your interest in medicine? So uh, as a child, I was always interested in medicine. Uh, but that was my go-to uh, profession since beginning, I would say. But like there were several moments in my life where uh like where I I I've been through like my my parents, my grandparents uh have been through a lot of medical uh how do I say it? Uh, like a lot of medical procedures which were non-intentional and which made me uh think that like like some of the med- some of the medical practice practitioners back home are not like just progressing in the way it should be and just making money and just doing it for money. So that sparked my interest further to change uh, medicine and to make it better and to make it more approachable and and to make uh, patients feel safer because uh, sometimes patients always have that mentality like. They, where they, they do not trust the practitioner. So that, that, would, that would spark my interest to change in the field. And that's why I chose it like more confidently to participate in medicine. That's great to hear because, you know, you don't hear, like you hear a lot of different reasons why people go into medicine, but um, the background story that you told me is very interesting because it's stemming from the fact that you uh, kind of want to build that relation of trust with your patient from the forefront, right? Like you want to present yourself as a medical professional that wants to build that, um, that level of trust with your patient that they will listen to what you have to say, but in doing so, they're not gonna end up making a mistake, right? So that's very important. And that's like a responsibility we as medical professionals need to recognize that we have. So that's very, that's very interesting to see. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said that you started off in India. Um, how did you choose to go mm-hmm. to a Caribbean school versus going to a medical school in India? I feel, I feel uh, that uh, that God was, God was always with me uh, in this 
this uh, journey. So, don't, the, I say this because like there were several moments where uh, like where I, I was just feeling that I should quit medicine because like it, it's not going the, the way I planned. But then uh, like it's always a God's plan. Uh, I believe in that. Uh, I, let's start with like 2015 when I graduated from uh, high school. I, I took medical medical exam, the entrance exam we have back in India. And that supposedly got canceled after I took it. And that delayed everything. But then uh, it was my cousin who was like looking into schools outside India. And that uh, made my, that, that changed my focus that you, it's not necessary for us to practice medicine in India. I can just practice outside. So I, I changed my focus and started looking school. And I never knew about schools in Caribbean um, in the first place. So it was my cousin uh, who, who, who gave me that idea to, to check that place out. And after researching, I found out that not all Caribbean schools are good. Uh, but I still, I still like whatever my parents could afford. I, I, I just completely like went for, went for it. I'm like, at the end of the day, it depends on all the hard work, which I do. It doesn't matter what's my background, what's my school. Uh, of course, like it will affect it for short term, but for long term, these things doesn't matter. So that was my main, main thought process when I chose a Caribbean school and once I entered Caribbean school, then of course there were so many challenges uh, that as first of all, you're coming to a different country or away from your home, all the way, like how many miles, actually 3,000, 5,000 miles away from school, from home. And uh, that's that's completely different uh, experience. Culture is different. Um, then you, you meet people who have who are completely of a different cultural background. So it will have an impact. But at, at the end of the day, if, if my focus was just like I, I'm in a I'm in a position where either I hit it or not. So I always thought with that mentality that if if I have to achieve something, I'll have to work hard. And nobody can change anything and, and except me myself. So that's how that's how I thought thought about it and, and kept working on. But then back back home my friends who were into medicine as well uh when they start when they started medical school around the same time and um i, I feel very very lucky that i did i didn't went to school back home because now they're facing challenges that because of covid crisis because of uh because of covid crisis then there there have been exam delays there, there, there have been policy changes so many things going on back in india so they have th that has caused delay in their uh, graduation, but I gra I got graduated earlier. I got residency earlier. So again, in short term, it does it it matters, but in long term, that this timing does not matter. But in this in in the, but I feel uh, fortunate enough that that God made me took that path so that I could uh, afford all these delays, and I saved time on that. That's great to hear. So since you've been through the Caribbean school system, do you have any advice for our listeners that are either considering Caribbean schools or are currently in Caribbean schools? So only advice for me would be uh, try, like uh, not everyone is uh, rich. Not everyone can afford a, like a big school in Caribbean. I, uh, but always try for like some something which is recognizable. That's my 
first thing. Always choose a school which is more which is accredited, which has um, which follows all the ECFMG criteria for certification, because that that might be uh, like a that might be something which might change your journey. And I'll explain that later during the interview. Uh, and second thing would be uh, if come with a mentality that uh, you have to work hard coming to a Caribbean school, it's not a piece of joke and just like keep working hard. There, there will be days uh, where, where you'll have to give, give you a hundred percent, more than hundred percent because you, in, in Caribbean system, there's a mentality that we are competing among ourselves, but at the end of the day, we should uh, always have this thought in our mind that it's not just 100 students or 100 stu- 150 students in the school. It's about others, other people as well. And there, there's so much going on in outside world. Like in that small Caribbean island, we get stuck with that thought process that it's just 100 people we have to compete with. But at the end of the day, so many people are doing so many things in life. So that's our greatest competition. No, that's very true. So thank you so much for sharing that. So, okay, so let's start. Um, we talked a little bit about the Caribbean. So how did, um, do you think that Caribbean schools prepared you well for the USMLE, which is the main um, hurdle that a lot of students come across when they're trying to apply for residency in the United States? I would say the schools are just, uh, schools are just, meant to guide you. At the end of the day, it, it's on you and and yourself. Uh, how much The amount of hard work you do, you'll get the results. The schools are just meant to guide you when it comes to uh, like what resources should I choose? School will help you. Uh, if, if you ask them, okay, I'm not understanding a certain topic, they'll help you. But at the end of the day, it's you. You have to read books. You have to read resources. You have to do questions. That will prepare you. So never go in that, never go with that thought process that somebody is going to teach you. Uh, we are not kids anymore. Uh, we, it's our responsibility to learn. It's our responsibility to understand everything. That's very true. Um, at the end of the day, like whichever school you go to, of course, it has, uh, it, it has some value. Um, and what you're trying to do, but at the end of the day, like you can go to the best school and still not do well, because if you don't put in the hard work, then you're not going to really get anywhere. So um, that's actually very true what you said. So um, anybody that's listening right now, that's um, considering a Caribbean school or any other school that has, you know, some stigma associated with it, maybe think about it that, okay, yes, it might have a stigma, but at the end of the day, if it gets you to your goal, um, and if you're willing to put in the hard work that goes into it, then maybe that is something that you should consider. Um, so let's move on from here um, and talk about your USMLE journey itself. So how did you prepare um, for your USMLE um, step one mainly? And then uh, we can go from there. Okay, so let's, uh, so, so I started my medical school in 2015. I was actually in another university called St. Martinez University School of Medicine. I did my two years there uh, of basic sciences. Then uh, they usually give us like six months period where you can prepare for uh, step one. And after that, if you don't do it, then they start charging us fees. So that was one one of the motivator, motivating factors because I didn't want to pay that fee. So I had to finish everything within six months. 
And uh, second thing would be, uh, I always stay close to school uh, when it comes to learning and reviewing stuff, because if you're at home and studying, then that would dis- uh, that would always like, how to say, like, that would always make you less focused and you'll be more, you'll not be that serious when you're like away from home that with that uh, thought process, I was always around that my rotation site and studying for step one after. So I took around four months to study for it. Did first aid multiple times. I didn't count. I never count on uh, a resource, how many times I'm using it. It's just every day I have to, that's, that was my target when I was studying step one. Every day I have to finish a topic. And that's my, I, I used to choose, okay, I have to finish gastroenterology and I have to finish anatomy and physio and gastroenterology. So I used to choose the topics I, I have to focus for today and then go for you world questions for the same topics. And that that I never counted how many times I'm reading that topic. If If I don't learn it, if I don't memorize it, if I still feel uncomfortable, it's I have to read it again. Doesn't matter. I have done it two times, three times, ten times. I, I I'm pretty sure I read like first and more than ten times. So I I don't know. I never counted on resources. And even for U world questions, I I always kept doing them. Uh, never counted on uh, questions. Always kept reading the the explanation which they give at the end of the question because there's always something new they keep updating as per the new guidelines. So things keep changing and they, they keep changing the text uh, whenever you repeat a question. Not, not every time, but usually it changes. So it always gives you an idea and they try to make it easier. Any, every concept, they try to make it easier by changing the, the text there. So maybe it doesn't hit you one time, two time, it might hit you the 10th time. So that's how uh, I kept studying for step one. Other than that, I didn't use any video resources. When I was in med school, I, I just studied for sketch. I, I just studied through sketchy for microbiology and pharmacology. So it's always stuck in my head. And me and my friends in med school, we were always uh, like reviewing sketchy together. We still discuss them together whenever we talk about it. So we, we remember sketchy a lot. Uh, maybe it's our photographic memory which is more better. But yeah, Sketchy was always like the best resource for me for microbiology, pharmacology. I That time there was no boards and beyonds, which I heard from new medical students. Uh, so I don't know about that. I cannot comment on boards and beyonds. But other than that, I, I didn't use any other resources. I did buy uh, QBank from Kaplan. I did buy QBank from uh, USMLE RX, but never, like it never helped me. I was just like in a floating world. I didn't know what was going in those few banks. Uh, I just focused mainly through New World and and NBMEs is the last one. Uh, NBMEs uh, guide you towards your targeted score, one thing, and it always gives you uh, motivation because you always score less scores compared to your actual score. So it always motivates you that you have to work harder. So. Always, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell my like, upcoming residents that NBMEs do every week when you're like when you're when you're in a dedicated prep time because that will help you to study further because you'll get bored at the end of the day to read the same topic ten times. So 
do the NPME that day and you'll realize you should not be bored. You should keep continuing studying. Wow, that's that's interesting. Have you also used uh, Pathoma? That seems to be a popular uh, resource that a lot of people like to use too. Yes, for step one, uh, I, I didn't use Pathoma for everything because I always believed in like textbook learning. Uh, I used Pathoma just to make my concepts easier in OBGYN cancers. So like all the ovarian, uterine cancers, breast cancers. That for those topics, I use Pathoma. But other than that, I was mainly focused on the book knowledge and you would. Okay. So it seems like first aid and U world and NBMEs are basically the main um, resources that you suggest um, to use to study for step one. Is that yes. completely correct? Yeah. I would say that first is not a, it's a, not a resource. The main resources I have is your uh, knowledge from med school, how much you can gain. Never think that, now, whenever you're like all the PG, all the med school year one and year two, I'll I'll suggest them that never think that this is not coming in your world. Step one, step two, uh, because there there can be small points which can change the way you think about that certain topic, and which might stand you higher when you're doing residency, because not everyone knows that thing, those things, and. And if you know it, you look smarter, you look, you'll be more, um, you'll be doing better in residency as well. So never think it with that mentality that, oh, this is not in step one. That's what our main, uh, that's what the main focus is for schools these days. Even like US uh, med schools, I'd say, uh, not trying to hit them. But uh, even uh, my, my, I have cousins who are in US med school. Okay. Even they say that, they, they they get the knowledge through whether it's step one important step not step one important so at the uh, so read something uh to learn rather than just focus on exam and keep the concepts in mind like important physio patho concepts are very important because th those will help you those those will always help you to um, like understand a certain topic i've never memorized medicine I'll say so. I'll always uh, focus on concepts, and that will help you. So keep resources on the side. Learn from books in first two years. If you do get six months, like I did get from my med school, use those six months to build on those concepts by using resources and doing questions, because you have to apply those those concepts, and the questions will help you to apply those uh, resources or those concepts. That's great advice. Thank you. Um, okay, so how did you, um, once you took uh, step one, then I'm assuming that you started rotations, right? Yes. So here comes the, here comes my red flag. Uh, when, when I was supposed to start my rotations, since I was, I, uh, I was Indian, I needed a, a visa to stay in the United States. So for that, I, I flew back from the rotation side to get the visa. I, I was in India trying to get visa, but then unfortunately it didn't work out. I didn't get the visa that, that time. So I had to stay like six more months in India to build up on my visa paperwork. And I had, my, my, my medical school was really helpful to send me uh, a letter saying that 
okay, you can come back to Caribbean and apply from Caribbean if Indian embassies are giving you a hard time. So that all paperwork took like around six months again. So I, I wasted like six months there uh, by just waiting and contemplating what's going to happen. And then um, once that I got the paperwork and everything, then I flew back to Caribbean. And from Caribbean, I applied for a visa. I got it from there. Then I flew back to Michigan where I did my uh, all the core rotations in Pontiac General Hospital. Okay, so do you think that um, Caribbean schools prepared you well to enter residency? I mean, of how even how much prepared you are <laughs> from med school, residency is a different ball game. You you you'll never you you'll always have you'll always be very nervous in the first few months. What's what's going on? You'll be confused. Because there's just not patient care. There's also documentation. There's also uh, approaching to attendings. And there's also um, talking to families. So there are like five, six different responsibilities, which as med students, we don't usually have. Uh, so that will uh, that will always keep you running in your mind that, okay, that, that that's what's not enough. So it's not always enough, but of course it makes you prepare enough for medical knowledge. I'll say you'll you, you'll have enough medicine medical knowledge when it comes to uh, do your rotations or do your residency. Okay, so do you have any advice for um, any of our listeners that are currently um, about to enter their residency? Do you have anything to tell them? I would say uh, people who are ready to enter residency right now. Um, just enjoy the last three months of your life. I would say because you're you're completely free right now. You, If you haven't written step three, you can finish your step three within one month. But again, no no pressure uh, because th- th- these three months will, will be the only free time uh, which you can spend with your family for like 24 hours, 24, like for the full, full seven days. Because after that, majority of programs will keep you busy uh either by making you by like you you have a lot of projects you'll have a lot of patients you'll have six days in a week to work so there will be so many things uh, which will keep you busy during residency i didn't i don't even know how my first year flew so th- that's something i would advise that like if you wanted to go somewhere, travel somewhere, go travel right now. If you wanted to learn something new, which you wanted to learn, you can learn right now. Because after that, everything you can still do, but everything will be slower pace. So something which you can do in one month, you probably need 10 months to do. So that's that's my advice. Like enjoy right now. There's no nothing, no pressure. Yeah, and come with a relaxed mind to the residency. Never think that um, like somebody's trying to be mean, somebody's trying to like demotivate you during when you enter the residency. And everyone is ready to help you, especially in my program. Every uh, people who are joining Wyckoff, I would say that uh, it's a it's like very friendly program when it comes to approaching people. Everyone's very friendly. Everyone's very. Um, motivating and they'll give you a feedback if if you need one 
That's great. Um, okay, so let's backtrack just a little bit um, because how did you apply to residency? Can you tell us a little bit about your journey there, how you built your CV? Um, did you have any hobbies or things that you included in your, let's say your personal statement or your CV um, that you think helped uh, or hurt your application into residency? So I say that uh, always include your red flags. I included my red flag. That red flag I included in my CV. What happened? Because the, if you if you ever applied for the residency um, or NRMP match, they they'll always ask you the timeline for everything. So if if there is something which you don't explain them, then that's a red flag. So I always try to explain what happened between that period which you are not mentioning in your CV, okay? And try to connect it with education. Always try to connect it, uh, what you learned on those six months when you were away from med school, when you were away from medical research, when you were away from any medical experience you, you could have gained in those, those certain months. Always try to connect it with, okay, I was studying for this. I, I was trying to teach people. I was I was in a donation uh, area. Like try to try to do something in those two three months as well. Uh, that will portray that okay, you're still rooted towards medicine. You're still committed. You're still motivated towards medicine in those three months. So that that the reasons being that medicine is is a different field. It's not like normal engineering or computer science where okay you study one day and the rest of the life. You can just explore your thoughts and work on the basics. Everything keeps changing in medicine every day. There will be new guidelines. There will be new, something new keeps happening every day in medicine. And the only thing program directors, according to me, look for is, are you still rooted towards it? Are you still committed? So if, if you mention that, okay, I was reading articles in those three months about medicine, that, that means you were still rooted, you were still committed towards medicine and that's that's okay. That's not a red, that's not a big red flag then. So, so go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. What's your question? No, I was just going to say that um it seems like you're saying that like even though you have red flags, the way you present them to program directors is what is important. Like there's nothing wrong with having red flags. Life happens. There's no, there's nothing wrong. Every all the IMGs have red flags. As a, because you are an IMG in the first place, that's a red flag. So uh so all of us have red flags. Having a red flag doesn't matter. How to focus, how to portray those red flags and how to make how to like make a program director feel comfortable about how uh, how dedicated you will be during residency would would affect everything rather than just being having a red flag okay fair enough um so now um i want to address something that seems to be keep coming up um and everybody is interested in building their cv by adding research to it um, what advice do you have in regards to that and how you can gain research experience? Um, in my personal thoughts, I never had any research. I still don't have a research experience. I'm trying harder as well. But uh, uh, I would say that having a research added to your CV will always add something to it. You can have you can go into a better program. You can go into a university program with having a research in your CV. But at the end of the day, 
first focus on your scores. Now they don't have step one scores. I I heard that, but I don't know how things will change. But I still feel that I still strongly feel, especially for non-US IMGs, having research matters and it will always help you to get into more interviews, more programs. Because now you don't have step one scores first thing, so they'll focus more on another other medical aspects. Just step two CK scores will not be enough. So I think the program directors will focus more on uh, research as well. And I think my program is focusing on research too. So I, if my program is doing, I'm pretty sure other programs have as well. So having a research in your uh, CV will add things. And you can always, it will always help you if you're looking for fellowships as well. So research will not change, uh, will always help you, right? So it's not a bad thing to do a research. If you have time, go for it. Do you think it would, um, I know you said it would help um, a person if they have research experience, but what about if they don't? Do you think that it would uh, decrease their chances or hurt them uh, when they're applying for residency? So I would explain that by comparing two people, like a person A and person B. Person A has 280, 260 in step one. Person B also has 260 in step one. Both have similar medical knowledge. But if person B has research, a program will be favoring person B rather than person A. Um, but at the same time, uh, not only research, also personal connections also change everything. If you have personal connections in a particular uh, program and if you can try to connect with them try getting more LORs uh, that will of course have higher weightage compared to research so research is not uh, that significant when it comes to personal connections I still feel personal connections are the number one thing even before scores personal connections and uh, LORs they, they should be they, should, they are prioritized first compared to even scores Oh, wow. Um, okay. So is there anything that uh, you would caution students to not do, whether it comes to their um, application, whether it comes to uh, while they're applying for residency programs, any part of your journey that like you learned something that you kind of want to um, advise our listeners to not do? So first of all, don't get discouraged on like small things. Uh, even if you get uh, bad score, don't get discouraged. Uh, and don't try to explain your bad score to anyone, okay? Don't try to explain by saying, by giving uh, reasons behind it. Nobody cares, okay? So I you have to take responsibility for your bad score. You have to explain, you have to, you have to be like, okay, I agree I got bad score, but I want to improve on this. That would be the best answer if somebody asks you that, why did you get with this okay never ex never try explaining them oh uh because i i had this in my family i had that so nobody cares okay even though as as medical professionals you're very compassionate very passionate compassionate even somebody died in your family nobody will uh care nobody will care about that when you're explaining them the reason so never try to explain any reasons to anyone about your bad score that's number one thing then second, I would say, uh, always, yeah, always try, always try to 
be around friends, discuss with discuss with them something, and always have someone whom you can share if something is happening to you, and don't share it with uh, like share it with someone who is non medical. Don't share it with someone who is medical because um, then you'll always get the same answers. All right, try trying to go into a share it with non medical person would always might change your mindset, might give you more empathy. You'll, you'll have you have you'll have different ways of uh, releasing your stress when like when something bad happens to you. So always have like somebody who can uh, listen to you when something bad happens in your life. Okay. And it should, I'll say that it should be a non-medical person because they don't understand anything. So it's, they'll be uh, more, you can explain them more easily or more like more broadly explained in details. And uh, that will always like release your stress because you're explaining everything in detail. If you're explaining it to a medical advice or medical professional, you're always like, okay, okay, I know, I know. And he's like, he'll always try to cut you off and that way you'll not be able to express everything you want to. So that would be my second advice and rest, keep working hard and don't, don't just lose your focus. Um, I know this is going to probably sound a bit redundant um, considering you gave just, you gave such great advice just now. Um, but do you have any advice for anybody uh, that's just simply wanting to practice medicine in the United States, um, whether they are in the process of considering um, applying, whether they are just a medical student or even they're pre-med students, do you have advice for them? So I would say that it's a big commitment coming to field of medicine. Uh, be prepared for that. Uh, and don't come with a mindset that uh, you'll be able to enjoy everything in your life. There, there will be times when you'll have to like give away things, like, so, like certain events in your life which might be important to you, and there might be some emergency happening, which you, which you'll have to, uh, you know, like somehow be away from. And I'm sorry to say that there will be so many uh, other things happening around you which you will which you would want to join but you cannot because you are in the, you're stuck in the hospital with an emergency so always come with that mindset second thing uh always always try to show that you are a hard worker and you're not a like you're, you don't want to do a lousy job always try to show that as a pre-med student i would for a pre-med student i would say that like if you show that you're a hard worker, because first year of residency would be just all about that. So if you can survive that, uh, the program directors will be more more happy to take you because you showed them, okay, you can you can stay in the hospital if something happens and you can still finish your job. So try to uh, be, try to find things which make, make your life easier. Always try always try to find shortcuts, always try to find, but that should not affect the quality you should give it to, give it to your patients, of course. So that, that's, that, those are, those are my advice for like beginners for in medicine. Always, yeah, always try to think about the profession. It comes with a big commitment. 
Okay, thank you so much. Like this overall interview was so insightful and you've given so much um, great advice about your journey, about what students should be doing and how they can better themselves in the field of medicine. So I wanted to thank you on oh. behalf of Project IMG for um, being a part of our podcast. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, and also, I wanted to reach out to our listeners and thank you guys for tuning in today. Um, so this is Shivani Mehta and Dr. Gerg signing off. Thank you guys. Till next time.